Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, it's Michael Gordon here, your host of Mind Whisperer on Blog Talk Radio. It's Thursday, May 30th, 2013. Welcome to the program. If you're listening in uh, to the recorded program, thank you for tuning into the show. And all of our shows are available um, for downloadable uh, listening uh, podcasts uh, from iTunes or here from here on Blog Talk Radio. And uh, you can find out. More on the Blog Talk Radio uh, homepage, forward slash uh, The Mind Whisperer, and also on uh, our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash The Mind Whisperer. We also have a Twitter account, so please check into all those uh, different links, and um, we appreciate your uh, tuning in and uh, participating in the program any way that, uh, that works for you and that you, that you find suitable. You might just simply be listening to the archive shows or listening in live. You can call in at any time. There's a, uh, a number to call in on the uh, program page here. It's area code 347-945-7891. That's 347-945-7891. Mostly what, uh, what our listeners uh, seem to be interested in is just downloading the show and listening to it on their own time, which is the beauty of the Internet. And um, to take the information, you know, to heart and and um, into their lives and, you know, as discussion points or points of learning, which is very rewarding for me to know that I'm putting the information out there and people are getting benefit from it all across uh, the world, really. I've had interest from the UK and uh, um, all, you know, across North America. And so I'm, I'm very pleased about that. Well, today's show is a continuation of last week's episode, and we're talking about uh, leaving blame behind and moving from martyrdom into um, self-responsibility, and today we're talking about moving from self-pity to self-advocacy, so a little bit of a semantic shuffle there, but we're really addressing the same issue, and, and just to recap last week, the program was looking at um, how we may catch ourselves operating from this place of martyrdom. In other words, that we are uh, feeling as if no one understands us and that um, everyone's blaming us. And it's really this positioning as if um, everything is happening to us in life and that we can be in a real distortion of what's a, a, per- a perception of you know, what we call consensual reality because we are filtering it through our own past hurts or perceived hurts. And these really are rooted in uh, you know, childhood attachment and um, what we call, you know, uh, attachment wounds from childhood, which is, you know, breaks and or gaps in um, normal, healthy, nurturing, attentive, caring parenting and where children develop a kind of a, a neurotic adaptation in that they're insecure about how that attachment has or hasn't taken place and uh, it's concomitant with them 
developing themselves as a fully functional, you know, lovable, secure being, there's a sense of distress or confusion there and insecurity. And so that carries forward and can transplant itself into any relationship. And so we, you know, this is where we find that uh, we get into a lot of reactivity and blaming and negativity with other people. So how do we counteract that? And how does that show up in terms of um, self-advocacy? And what I mean by self-advocacy is the first step is to identify that we are functioning from this low self-worth place and that it affects our relationships uh, because we constantly feel persecuted or victimized. And of course, this can really get pathological. You know, where common language, people are, you know, know the term persecution complex, but it, it really can show up in a more pronounced way as a personality disorder. And these are people who are just pathologically oriented to um, having drama in their life and, and engaging other people and, and really um, having a distorted perception of, you know, their social reality and dynamics and relationships because it's all occurring within the bubble of their own perceived hurt. And, you know, for the great many of us, um, it may not be as pronounced as that, but it does show up in our ability to advocate for ourselves and stand up for ourselves. And so we can be privately holding the other person accountable for something that we haven't even communicated because we don't have the integrity within ourselves, the real connection at a core level that we deserve to ask for it or that we can ask for it or that it's safe to ask for it. And really that just this comes down to, again, a safety level of feeling that if we ask for what we really want, we're going to drive people away and they'll reject us. But as I've said in other programs, ironically what happens is when you operate from that place of fear, you end up manifesting it anyway. So if you don't, for example, if you're afraid that you ask for more time with your partner, your partner's going to feel smothered or they're going to feel controlled. And so, therefore, you don't ask for more time, but you're secretly resenting it, and it comes out in a more passive-aggressive way. In other words, um, you might make little jibes or comments about your partner spending time doing other things and, God forbid, with you, uh, because they have their own life and needs and schedule and and uh, they're their own person. They're not you. And so you all end up driving them away anyway because you're not just directly addressing the problem. And this is what happens is that this internal rift, you know, out of integrity with ourselves, which does go back to a core level of our sense of well-being and, and secureness as a person, can build up. It's like a pressure cooker inside and it builds up it's the, the it's like or you know the steam you know from this pressure cooker the internal pressure it's constantly on low simmer and so these situations can make it really build up and and increase that level of pressure and that moment where we feel antagonized or rejected by the person or challenged by the person becomes the boiling over point or the explosion point where we need to vent the steam, but it really belongs to us. So it is quite irrational and, and um, dysfunctional to um, to place that level of aggression and tension and drama onto another person because it really is about our reaction. Not to say that there's not a real issue there. It may need to be negotiated. But the sense of responsibility for our reaction to it and, and all that internal pressure, which may be accumulated from years and years and years of feeling 
unaccepted and, and validated um, really becomes disproportionate to the situation. And that's where we have these, you know, um, grandstanding kind of events um, with other people um, that are out of line with the situation at hand. And, you know, the, in, in, the, in the Buddhist uh, teachings, uh, there's a saying that being angry at another person is like swallowing poison and expecting the other person to die. Or another saying is it's like uh, holding on to a hot rock, you know, um, that you want to throw at the other person <laughs> and injure them, but you're burning yourself. So, you know, it, it's considered one of the, you know, the poisons of the mind in the Buddhist teaching, you know, which is really looking at psychology, the workings of the human mind and consciousness. So, anger can help us, you know, our feelings can be there to guide us to take appropriate action. There's nothing wrong with it per se, but when it turns in on itself, it really is about a unresolved and unfulfilled need that is ingrown, so to speak. It's 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 um, mutating on itself. And so, again, it becomes a disproportionate sense of what's actually going on in the situation because we're angry at ourselves that we don't have power. So the So the way to transform that and transcend that kind of conditioning and that kind of behavioral... Um, pattern in our in our relationships of any kind could be negotiating a raise it could be negotiating with your landlord or haggling over a, buying a, a car it really doesn't matter but it's that sense of entitlement that the other person owes us because they should know what we're feeling or that we've had past grievances or um, don't they understand you know where we're coming from that's not anyone else's responsibility that's our own responsibility. And so when you are really clear with yourself and, and identify what your needs are and identify where there may be deeper unresolved issues there that inspire yourself. Pardon me, I don't know if that, uh, I got a call coming in there. Then you can really have a change of um, dynamic because you are just fully responsible for yourself and nobody else. And so that looks very different. It's what we call negotiating from strength. So that when you're operating from strong self-value, then you don't hold anything against anybody. You present yourself and your needs and you say, well, there it is. And now you're negotiating. Now you're negotiating from a strong position without any projection of insecurity or uh, entitlement or resentment towards anybody else. And that allows the other person to respond in kind. And it challenges the other person or the other parties to uh, respond in kind. And so you've removed the option for them to engage with you in a dysfunctional way and put it back on you that um, you're distorting the situation. You've just given them clear, concise, direct information from, on which they now have a responsibility to make a choice. And you can see how this would really radically change uh, our interactions in our world. And it certainly um, allows us to approach situations um, without being sort of, again, predisposed to this internal pressure having built up that everybody else is there to serve our needs. It's a very childlike kind of uh, response to things. So there we have it. That's 
that's the second part of the program, and I just wanted to introduce that idea and that topic. And of course, if you want to engage uh, you know, me, me further on these topics uh, personally, you can always reach out to me. I am a practicing clinical counselor or psychotherapist. Um, I do work over the phone by Skype and, of course, in person, but many of you may be listening outside of the Vancouver, Canada area. Um, but I have worked with people all over uh, via Skype and telephone and um, love to come and do a, a workshop or a you know public talk uh, or lecture in, in your area. We can even broadcast the program um, from from your area, your, your city or town. And... Um, you can always call into the program and suggest program topics. Um, so I hope you derive benefit from this today. Uh, it's always a pleasure for me to deliver these topics because they very much stimulate my uh, interest in my uh, the work that I do and how I want to get it out to people and, and uh, help raise consciousness on these issues. Well, that's it for the program today. You've been listening to The Mind Whisperer on Blog Talk Radio. I've been your host, Michael Gordon, and uh, we look forward to speaking with you next time, hearing from you. In the meantime, uh, please check out our Facebook page and join our growing community. We're almost at 5,000 listeners here on Blog Talk Radio, all for your help. Be well, and we'll see you next time.